0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Thursday, November 17th. Coming up, a company is allegedly using child's labor to clean Midwestern meatpacking plants. We'll have more on that. Plus, expectations are high for Eric Schmidt as he heads to Washington, D.C. as Missouri's newest U.S. Senator.
0: I think you'd have to say Eric is a guy who's gone from success to success in steadily higher office and steadily uh, tougher challenges.
1: What Schmidt will need to navigate a divided Congress and demands to help fund local projects. But first, some headlines. Rural Kansas hospitals and health centers are struggling to cope with tightening margins. KCUR's Noah Taborda reports that's making it hard to provide services and keep their doors open.
0: About 30 miles north of Topeka, Holton Community Hospital says their costs for bringing in outside providers or services are going up. A lot. Rural hospitals rely on contracts for specialties like cardiology and dermatology. Hospital CEO Carrie Saya says contracts usually increase 3 to 4 percent. Lately... Requests are for 7 to 10%. How do we talk with our insurance payers to realize we are paying more for services and yet requesting to get less? A 2020 study from the Chartist Center for Rural Health found nearly half of rural hospitals are financially in the red.
1: Authors like Margaret Atwood, Neil Gaiman, and Roxane Gay have signed a letter protesting the banning of 300 books in Missouri schools. National literary nonprofit PEN America organized the letter in response to a new state law that bans visual depictions of sex acts or genitalia from schools, with an exception for artistic and educational material. Districts in Missouri have banned comic books like Batman, The Walking Dead, and Mouse, a memoir about the Holocaust. The letter calls for the bans to be reversed. It says school districts are banning books without considering exceptions for art or education, and the bans deprive students of the freedom to learn and grow. The U.S. Department of Labor is investigating Wisconsin-based company Packers Sanitation Services for potentially using children to clean meatpacking plants in Missouri and other Midwestern states. The Midwest Newsroom's Steve Vockrock covered that story for us. He told me that the company has employed kids as young as 13 to work overnight shifts doing potentially dangerous work. So what did the Department of Labor find?
0: So the Department of Labor uh, has alleged that there were... 31 kids uh, that they found working in meat processing plants in Nebraska and uh, Minnesota. And they were working for a contractor called Packers Sanitation Services. They're a Wisconsin company that a lot of food processing companies hire to clean these facilities. And these were meat packing facilities, these are facilities with uh, high powered equipment that is designed to process a lot of animals in a short amount of time. Um, And so the possibility or an investigation into child labor in these kinds of plants would be uh, problematic.
1: So how old were these children and what kind of work were they doing?
0: So the Department of Labor says that the children were between 13 and 17 years old, so they're all minors. And the kind of work they were doing were, you know, cleaning this uh, heavy machinery and using these caustic chemicals. And in fact, that's how the Department of Labor found out about it, according to their documents, is they got tipped off by law enforcement in Grand Island, Nebraska, uh, that there were reports of kids who had chemical burns. Um, Working with these chemicals, and they were working these overnight shifts, which led the Department of Labor's investigators to the school district to ask about it. And what the school district told the Department of Labor, um, according to their records, is yeah, it's common knowledge that there are kids working in this meatpacking facility in Grand Island. These kids show up to school tired. And because they're working from like 11 p.m. to 6 and then coming to school. And that's really what got this investigation rolling.
1: What did the Department of Labor find in Missouri?
0: So stemming from that investigation in Nebraska, they suspected that there might be miners working in a separate plant in Sedalia, Missouri, and so what they did is they got a search warrant. They Well, before they did that, they started doing surveillance at this plant in Sedalia. Uh, and they were watching people go in and out of the plant, It's um, a Tyson Foods plant. And what they said in court records uh, is that the people going in and out of there looked like they were minors. And so they got a search warrant to investigate further. Now, I should say that, um, beyond that, there aren't formal allegations in the form of like a complaint or a lawsuit that have been brought in Missouri, but there is an investigation. That much is known. Um, we also know that they have asked a judge in Nebraska to issue an injunction um, to stop child labor by this cleaning company anywhere in the United States. And that's what the judge granted.
1: Are children under 18 allowed to do this kind of work?
0: No. So minors are allowed to do some jobs. I mean, I worked, uh, I think, starting when I was like 15, but that's like slinging burgers and stuff like that. What these kids are doing, uh, according to the Department of Labor, are working in dangerous conditions. And there are federal labor regulations that say that minors should not be working in jobs that are particularly hazardous, that's their term, or in positions that pose any kind of a threat to their well-being and uh, to their health. And again, meatpacking plants are, these are difficult jobs and they're dangerous jobs. Working around the equipment that uh, is involved and you know, the, the, the blood that results from uh, processing animals for human consumption, it's, uh, it's not a clean job. I'll say that.
1: How has Packer Sanitation Services responded to this uh, story?
0: So they said that they've been cooperating with an investigation. Um, The Department of Labor uh, contradicts that. They say that this company has um, frustrated their efforts to carry out this investigation. But nevertheless, Packer says that they're cooperating. They say that they do not, that there's a prohibition in their company against hiring people who are younger than 18 years old, um, they do say, well, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, there may be some rogue employees that, you know, get through our screening processes, but they say that they have these industry leading processes to confirm the identities of people who uh, uh, apply to, to, to do these jobs.
1: So what's next in this investigation?
0: So there's going to be a, a court hearing um, in the next few weeks to, 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 to flesh this out uh, more. And, you know, Packers Sanitation Services will have their lawyers and their corporate representatives there to make arguments and explain their positions. Um, but right now, the Department of Labor is calling this, you know, what they're alleging that this company has committed... Um, oppressive child labor practices, and they want the company to stop.
1: Do you know how common it is for meatpacking companies to use child's labor? Is that like a common problem in the
0: US? It's not, to my knowledge, something that I would say is common. And according to federal laws and regulations, it shouldn't be common. Um, however, there, you know, the agriculture industry just broadly is known for workarounds of federal laws and regulations. So it's, I wouldn't say that child labor at meatpacking plants specifically, to my knowledge, is something uh, that is particularly common, but it may not be necessarily shocking that it occurs from time to time.
1: That was Steve Vakrot, investigative editor for NPR's Midwest Newsroom, based here at KCUR. Schmidt will soon head to Washington, D.C. as Missouri's new junior U.S. senator. And even though his fellow Republicans will be in the minority, many people have high expectations, especially because his soon-to-be predecessor, Roy Blunt, was a major force in politics. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports.
2: By every conceivable measure, last Tuesday was a triumph for Schmidt. Amid a rapturous reception at the same Maryland Heights ballroom where he won a decisive primary victory months before, Schmitt contended his win over Democrat Trudy Bush Valentine was a rebuke of President Joe Biden and the beginning of his foray into federal policymaking. And I will never forget the message sent tonight by the voters of the great state of Missouri that we're not giving up on America, to the contrary. We believe our best days are ahead of us, and it is worth
0: fighting for.
2: After Schmidt gets sworn into office in January, his life will be more than just walking up to an adoring crowd while Tom Petty plays in the background. He'll have to make his mark in a badly divided Congress, where sweeping change will be tough with the GOP in the Senate minority. In fact, 2023 will be the first time Schmidt will ever serve in the minority. During his time in the Missouri Senate, Republicans always held comfortable majorities in both chambers. That means in order to accomplish anything, Schmidt will have to partner with Democrats. Those who've observed Schmidt for a long time, like GOP political consultant James Harris, are confident he can be relevant in the U.S. Senate. You know, he was always in the middle of big issues. He was not, what I would say, the backbencher. There's some expectation that Schmidt will have to pick up the mantle of his soon-to-be predecessor Roy Blunt on getting money for local projects. State representative Lewis Riggs of Hannibal for instance notes that Northeast Missouri Republicans will be pushing the federal delegation for transportation and broadband expansion.
0: Yeah, do we have the votes? No, do we have the people not necessarily. Are we chalk
2: liver? No. Uh, Do we have needs? Yes. Are we going to be quiet about them? No. One of the lingering criticisms of Schmidt is that he became more outwardly conservative over time in order to appeal to a rapidly changing GOP base. They point to how he was more conciliatory in the Missouri Senate, often working with Democrats on issues like overhauling municipal courts and governance. Former State Senator Scott Sifton, who went to Truman State University with Schmidt, says his former Senate colleague has a propensity to let the Republican base dictate how he acted as attorney general. He says that's not a great way to lead. You know, if you've got a chamber of uh, 100 people all, all, you know, running for president someday, maybe, um, you know, that's not going to lead us where we need to go. Former Republican Lieutenant Governor Peter Kinder says chastising Schmidt for becoming more conservative as he pursued higher office is unfair. He says Schmidt's stances are in touch with what Missourians want, especially since they've been electing Republicans to statewide offices by sizable margins.
0: I think you'd have to say Eric is a guy who's gone from success to success in in steadily higher office and steadily uh, tougher challenges.
2: On the day before he won his election, Schmidt told a gaggle of reporters that he would focus his time in the Senate on examining the influence of big technology companies. He also says keeping a closer eye on how the federal government is allocating money is also top of mind. Obviously we need to get spending under control. Um, I think we need a balanced budget amendment. Um, I think we need to open up energy production. We ought to put some of those bills on Joe Biden's desk. Many people will be watching over the next six years about whether Schmidt's desire to transform federal government can actually come to pass. I'm Jason Rosenbaum.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Inuji-Adeen. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gib Rosenberg. To read Steve's reporting on Packer Sanitation Services and Jason's story on Eric Schmidt, visit KCUR.org, where you can find more local news from around the region. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.